You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Coca-Cola discontinues the iconic Honest Tea brand. The United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization says that embracing sustainable agriculture is essential for tea smallholders. Starbucks exits the Russian market after 15 years, closing 130 locations. Plus, on the northern shores of Lake Superior in Ontario, Canada, Anishinaabe tea blenders of the First Nations Ojibwe clan combine locally harvested wild rice with imported Japanese sencha to create roasted wild rice known as genmaicha. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Elliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The Honest Tea brand will disappear from more than 150,000 outlets across North America, Europe, and Asia as Coca-Cola phases out the line by year-end. Coca-Cola will continue to offer its Honest Kids line of juices. Honest Tea co-founder Seth Goldman writes that, quote, Discontinuing Honest Tea is a gut punch to all the sweat, tears, and incredible passion that went into building our beloved brand. End quote. Sabrina Tandon, Group Director, RTDT, Coca-Cola North America, writes that, quote, shifting from a three-brand tea portfolio to a prioritized two-brand tea lineup will free up investment resources and supply chain capacity to better meet consumer needs and capture share in the category, end quote. Goldman told Ad Age that he does not regret selling the brand, Quote, people change, conditions change, and there's no guarantees in life, he said. On Twitter, he wrote, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. A Coca-Cola press release reports that sales of both Gold Peak and Peace Tea increased during the COVID-19 pandemic 
as shoppers gravitated both to beverages with immune-boosting properties and multi-serve packaging options for an at-home consumption. In contrast, the pandemic made it more difficult to source glass and PET bottles. A shortage of bottles had limited production runs for Gold Peak. Quote, Ongoing supply chain challenges mean we are having to prioritize production and distribution of certain product SKUs, and that we've been able to meet consumer demand for Gold Peak, Tandon added. Coca-Cola earned $38 billion in 2021 and owns more than 20 beverage brands that annually generate at least a billion in sales. The portfolio includes tea brands Fuse, Gold Peak, and Ayataka, the Japanese green tea. Fuse launched in 14 countries in 2012 and reached a billion in sales by 2015. Gold Peak launched in 26 and quickly grew to $1 billion in sales by 2015. The brand reformulated to a brewed tea in 2018, a decade after Honest Tea demonstrated how to steep leaves in bulk and bottle the hot tea into glass. After acquiring a 40% share from founders Goldman and Barry Nabelhoff in 2008, Coca-Cola fast-tracked distribution. Honest Tea became a staple at Kroger, Walmart, and Whole Foods. The brand earned $71 million in 2020, and in 2011, Coca-Cola purchased the remaining shares. Honest Tea reached $600 million in sales by 2019, graduating that year from the emerging brand portfolio to the main line of Coke products. Coca-Cola's sales team is incentivized to support these brands, making it likely Honest Tea would have been added to the annual list of billion-dollar brands had the pandemic not intervened. Instead, Peace Tea, a rival of 99-cent Arizona tea that is popular with Generation Z, is now more likely to reach the $1 billion list. In 2019, as he departed Coca-Cola, Goldman wrote that, quote, Though I will no longer be able to control the big decisions made with respect to honest tea, I feel comfortable transitioning now because the DNA that we ingrained in the brand is strong, and most important, it is based on objective criteria. We were very intentional to make sure every honest product has less sugar and calories than the mainstream offerings of the category." End quote. At one time, Coca-Cola owned more than 500 brands in 200 countries, but abandoned 200 mainly smaller brands in the past two years and continues to trim its portfolio. The company retains the Honest Tea brand name and assets. Business Insight It is hard to overstate the enthusiasm that the organic segment of the tea industry felt during Honest Tea's first explosive years of growth. I experienced it firsthand. Seth Goldman insisted on third-party organic certification and committed to the fair trade promise. Choice Tea, Numi Tea, Mighty Leaf, and the Republic of Tea walked the talk, but Honest Tea demonstrated that a healthy, hot-brewed, ready-to-drink brand could be profitable at scale. Coca-Cola's purchase of organic ingredients, mainly tea, increased from 800,000 pounds to 8 million pounds by 2019. 
growers in the tea lands accustomed to supplying concentrate in tea powder came to view honest tea as proof that flavorful, low-sugar teas could be bottled in an industrial setting and delivered by the Coca-Cola fleet of trucks to mainstream grocers and convenience outlets. Loyal customers viewed Honest Tea as a trusted brand for 25 years. In a LinkedIn post, Goldman wrote, quote, My thoughts are with our longtime partners and friends, the organic and fair trade farmers who help develop their communities and protect their ecosystem with the tens of millions of pounds of tea, sugar, and spice they sold us. More than the brand, developing the organic segment of the tea supply chain is Goldman's legacy. Responsibility for a sustainable tea industry must be shouldered at every level of the supply chain with a sturdy foundation grounded by tea smallholders. In his International Tea Day address, FAO Director General Chu Dongyu urged the industry to achieve greater sustainability from leaf to cup. Quote, the tea sector contributes to socioeconomic development, representing a major source of employment and income for millions of poor families, end quote, said Chu. He cited progress in environmental innovation and production methods that preserve resources, but called on the industry to, quote, capture the social side of the sector, by empowering women and youth and ensuring that production throughout the value chain is respectful of social norms and standards, end quote. Since 2020, tea consumption has expanded in all markets, even those that recorded a declining trend in per capita consumption over recent years, he said. Data shows a surge in demand for tea among young people. He said that surveys highlighted that young people rediscovered their love for tea during the lockdowns due to the hydration benefits and the feel-good factor of tea. FAO noted that smallholders now produce 60% of the world's tea. The organization writes that if small-scale tea farm operations are to remain viable in an increasingly competitive market environment, they need to constantly innovate. Hugh said, quote, we need to do things differently, embrace new and innovative approaches, and move to action in order for the tea sector to succeed in balancing the need for growth and the requirements of sustainability at all stages of the value chain. Business Insight The FAO's program to identify globally important agricultural heritage systems has designated 60 sites as dynamic spaces where culture and biodiversity coexist, demonstrating the viability of sustainable agriculture over time. The GIAHS sites include four traditional tea-growing regions in China, Korea, and Japan. Visit FAO.org to learn more and to view the International Tea Day webcast. Starbucks exits the Russian market. Starbucks announced it will permanently withdraw from the Russian market after 15 years, closing 130 locations and cutting ties to 2,000 employees who will be paid for six months. Executives described supply chain challenges and a deep downturn in sales, 
but made it clear the decision to abandon the licensed locations is in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Sales from Russian locations account for less than 1% of Starbucks' global revenue. After suspending business in March, Kevin Johnson, then Starbucks CEO, said, quote, We condemn the unprovoked, unjust, and horrific acts on Ukraine by Russia, and our hearts go out to all those affected, end quote. The popular cafes inspired hundreds of independent coffee shops and smaller chains to the point that in 2019, for the first time, Russia imported more coffee than tea. The balance is tilting back to tea, say tea brand owners. They cite the higher cost of coffee in a severe economic downturn and the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic. Logistics remains a challenge, but Russian tea brands are once again receiving shipments of Indian tea via Georgian ports. India negotiated a rubles-to-rupees banking agreement to settle payments that bypass EU and U.S. sanctions. Earlier this month, McDonald's, which first opened in Russia in 1990, announced it would sell its 850 restaurants to a Russian licensee, who must rebrand the restaurants. Coca-Cola owned Costa Coffee with 36 Russian locations, suspended operations in March. Business Insight. Tea offers comfort to a nation that underreported the severity of infections and COVID-19 deaths. Demand is strong and supermarket prices are holding steady after an inflation-related hike in March. Tea brand executives in Moscow anticipate increasing market share as coffee prices spike. The World Health Organization estimates the full death toll from COVID is three times higher than reported. Several countries that reported few COVID deaths ranked high on excess death models. Russia, for example, counted only 310,000 COVID deaths through 2021, while who calculated excess death there's at 1.1 million. China, with a population of 1.4 billion people, reported only one COVID death in 2021. and Theraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending May 21st, 2022. The International Tea Day on May 21st, saw several events take place across the country. At some of these events, the three key focus areas that were reiterated as necessary for the Indian tea industry were 1. Structural changes needed in the supply chain at the production end. 2. A strong marketing and promotional campaign to increase per capita consumption. and 3. A focus on improved quality, which could reduce volume, fetch better prices and support the stakeholders along the supply chain. Also, as part of the promotional events, there is a special sale being planned for tea that is going to be produced from leaves plucked on the International Tea Day. In markets, prices continue to remain low. Where South India expected to garner the orthodox market that sought Sri Lankan teas, it hasn't gone as well as expected. Although Cochin auctions did show good demand for orthodox leaf, exporters to the Middle East and CIS countries were active and 100% of orthodox dust on offer was also absorbed. In Kunur, major blenders were active for CTC leaf, and in the north, Kolkata saw good demand for orthodox leaf, although average prices were lower than the previous week. 
Darjeeling continues to see reduced demand and reduced prices at the auction. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award-winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, QTradeTees.com. This week, T-Biz's Jessica Natalie Woolard travels to the northern shores of Lake Superior in Ontario, Canada, where Anishinaabe tea blenders of the First Nations Ojibwe clan combine locally harvested wild rice with imported Japanese sencha to create roasted wild rice jinmaicha. In Japan, it's called genmaicha. In Korea, hyunmicha. Canada's version of tea blended with rice is called minomincha and is made with Canadian wild rice. Tea Horse, a company based in Thunder Bay in northwestern Ontario, developed the roasting process and four blends, one of which is sold through Canadian tea giant David's Tea. Tea Horse proprietors Denise Atkinson and Mark Bohemier have joined us on Tea Biz to chat about their new Canadian version of rice tea. You have created a uniquely Canadian blend of tea. Why did you choose wild rice to infuse in your teas? I'm of Ojibwe heritage, Anishinaabe, from uh, Northern Ontario, Red Rock Indian Band. And wild rice is known as Manomin in my language. It's been a big part of the Anishinaabe culture for, you know, forever, since time immemorial. So... I'm somebody who always drank Genmai Cha. That was my tea of choice for breakfast. We received a tea sample from a company that is one of our huge suppliers. And when I opened the package, it looked like wild rice. And I looked at Mark. I said, we should try some. We should try infusing this as a tea. Kind of like Genmai Cha, but our version or a Canadian indigenous version of Genmai Cha. So we did some R&D and blended it with some green tea and voila, we got this Manomin Cha. We just thought, let's bring it to the forefront. Let's let's show people the versatility of this beautiful Indigenous grain, Indigenous to North America. How did you come to develop your proprietary roasting process? I consult with people in the coffee industry, even the grain malting industry, uh, even po- actually popcorn, the like kettle corn industry. So I looked at all these different ways of, you know, how could I roast wild rice? And in the end, it was just through sort of an, an amalgam of the different inputs I got from the different roasting industries or toasting industries and the different types of roasting uh, processes that we came up with our our way of roasting the wild rice that I can't mention because it's it's our secret. 
Thanks. That's, that's fascinating. All the different industries that you looked into. Thanks for sharing that. Well, you mentioned that the word monomen means wild rice in Ojibwe. For our listeners around the world, the Ojibwe are an indigenous people in Canada and in the United States who are part of the Anishinaabe cultural group, whose traditional territories extend from the Great Lakes. Denise and Mark, do the Anishinaabe people have a history of any tea-like beverages? I grew up in a traditional land-based home with my maternal grandparents, and my grandmother was a trapper, a hunter, could not speak English. She only spoke her language, Ojibwe. And when we would go blueberry picking, she would pick Labrador tea and, you know, always have a pot of tea on something called wintergreen, which is in the mossy area of the blueberry patch. Seer tea, she would make for my grandpa when he had, you know, bronchial issues. So they used a lot of, we used a lot of roots and leaves, twigs, uh, tamarack twigs. So yes, it is quite large in the, in the Ojibwe culture, indigenous culture to infuse berries, leaves, twigs, roots. So, yes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize when the Europeans first came to the places like northern Canada and northern U.S., the, the Anishinaabe would would give them a cedar tea to uh, to counteract the effects of scurvy because it's high in, in vitamin C. There's so many different ways that the Anishinaabe would have used all manner of plants. Fascinating. You've got some opportunities for development in the... Uh... <laughs> Medicinal yes. tea space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you tell our listeners what they could expect if they're tasting Manoman Cha? So Manoman Cha, our original blend, is very grassy and marine because we use a Japanese green tea and then we blend it with our roasted kind of earthy flavored Manoman, roasted Manoman. We have Manoman Cha Dark, which is blended with hojicha with so a roasted green tea roasted manomen so it gives it a very very rich robust flavor and we also have something called manomenabo in english it almost means wild rice juice or water so it's it's a tisane so it's just the roasted manomen that you infuse as this beautiful caffeine free tisane which is very comforting and brothy flavored. And we've just decided on a flavor blend profile, something called Minoman Chai, which is a spiced black tea with, with min- roasted Minoman. With our roasted Minoman too. We also want to honor many of the Asian uh, peoples, like the Korean people, Japanese, uh, Chinese, who roast barley, like they come like in Korea, it's Budi Cha or Mugi Cha in Japan. So that was our inspiration for creating the Manoman Abo as well. It's just, it's all these inspirations of fusing the East with the West, the Western world, Western indigenous peoples with indigenous uh, peoples from the East. Because as many of us know in the tea world, teas like Puar uh, from Yunnan, it, really the caretakers of those ancient tea trees are, are indigenous groups of, 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 of Asians that have been in, like, keeping care of those forests for, for millennia. So we're, we're sort of trying to, you know, just honor all these different indigenous people by fusing these amazing gifts that we all are been, uh, that we've all been given in, into different types of teas that work really well together. 
That was a lovely way to put it. I actually got goosebumps hearing about the, the fusing of, of the cultures and East and West. That was lovely. Thank you. You can find out more about Tea Horse's Monoman blends at teahorse.ca. The company is certified with the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, so you can feel certain that you are purchasing Monoman from an authentic Indigenous company. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.